And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping help. I'm hoping helps your business grow. See, I had to pivot right there in the beginning of the episode. And, you know, we have said on this podcast, our favorite move is the pivot. We're going to talk about the power of the pivot. Now, with that, all week, Startup Hustle is talking about various powers you can channel into and for your company. We've already talked about the power of AI, the power of vulnerability. And today, we're going to talk about the power of the pivot. If you don't know how to pivot, you're probably going to get caught traveling, which turns into a turnover, which also reminds me that I did let today's guest know that Kansas Jayhawks basketball is better than OU Sooners. I'm placing this in a spot where he can't reply, so I will now remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustles, powered by Fullscale.io, hiring software developers is difficult, and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and as a platform to help you manage that team, go to Fullscale.io to learn more. There's a link in the show notes for that. With me today is AJ Asgari, and he is the CEO and founder of Drugstore Two Door. I'm not even going to get into how you spell that. There's a link for that in the show notes too for Drugstore Two Door. Why am I making comments about Kansas and Oklahoma? They have a rivalry and today's guest is straight out of Oklahoma University's hometown, Norman, Oklahoma. AJ, welcome to Startup Hustle. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, you already know me too well. The trash talk would have started. So it's a good thing you plugged yeah. that right where you did. Uh, yeah, I, I got to squeeze it in every now and then. I don't get a lot of rivalry stuff on the show. So, well, usually it's Kansas versus Kansas State stuff with local there folks. You go. Anyway, back to what we're here to do, which is talk about the power of the pivot. Before we get into that, how about a little bit about your backstory? Yeah, you bet. So I grew up actually in Norman, uh, spent most of my life here, moved around a little bit for some business opportunity. But background wise, as far as education, I'm a licensed pharmacist. I have a doctor of pharmacy degree. I actually own independent pharmacies as well. Uh, that's going to lead to why I'm in the stuff that I'm in and why I chose the market I chose. Uh, and then <clears throat> also in I don't know. I've got the entrepreneurial sickness. So I'm in a bunch of everything, uh, real estate and banking and consulting and all these other <clears throat> pieces as well. Uh, but my main focus today, obviously, uh, is in the drugstore to door realm. So really working to build that network. And we're going to get into the pivot. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, a pivot is anytime you change your course or your trajectory, there are a lot of uh, a lot of businesses in general, not just tech businesses or startups, but businesses in general are forced to pivot. Uh, sometimes it's drastic and sometimes it's more of a change of a lane. Uh, AJ, when you think about a pivot in a business or a startup, what comes to mind? Yeah, you nailed it. I think about like a dial that you click and sometimes you got to really turn that dial hard and other times it's just tiny little moves that change everything. Uh, so, you know, for instance, for us, 
that those little bitty clicks occur quite often because we have not gotten married to this is the only way it's let's put it out there, feel it, test it, smell it, and then do a tiny click, do a tiny click. I've been in other businesses where I've turned that dial 180 degrees. And so everything in between. I have a couple examples of well-known pivots just in general that people might recognize. So you look at Netflix is a good example, started as DVD to mail. Like if you're old, like I am, you got those little envelopes and with the DVDs in them and they don't even do that anymore. They've yep. now continued that and kind of moved on. Uh, that's a good example of a pivot. Uh, Instagram was a, initially a location-based so, social network called Bourbon. That's B-U-R-B-N. Uh, it is obviously not that. Uh, Slack was originally a gaming company called Tiny Spec. Uh, Twitter was a podcast directory called Odeo. Yeah. Never heard of the other things, right? Yeah. So Wrigley, chewing gum, originally started as a soap and baking powder manufacturer. Of all things that you chew on, soap <laughs> is not recommended. So, I mean, if you're going to pivot from literally from soap in your mouth to gum, that's a 180. Um, Nokia. Uh, Nokia was originally a pulp mill and later a manufacturer of various products, including rubber boots. Wow. And tires. Yeah. Now, one more PayPal. PayPal was originally a company called Confinity, focused on developing security software for handheld devices. Interesting. All right. Please note, you never heard about the other, the other one. You hear about the new one, but yeah, pivoting's everywhere, and I think it's it's okay. I think that sometimes people don't want to pivot, and they get themselves into trouble. Yeah. I mean, from a podcast perspective, you had to pivot in the podcast world. That seems like a rough or an interesting place to get into. No, not really. Cause you know, we came into this podcast, it'll be six years in December of 2023. And our, our whole goal was to just tell the real story of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And we've stayed pretty true with that. Um, haven't had to necessarily pivot, but, um, but I do have, you know, I mentioned that today's episode's uh, brought to us by fullscale.io, which is my business. Um, we did not originally start meeting me and Matt Watson, who's also a, a founder of the show and, and a regular host. We didn't, we didn't start with that. We were working on gigabook.com and we we're going to build a, a software team for his company at the time, Stackify. And we just realized there was a huge problem that needed solving. We had the right people in the right place to do the right thing, made a pivot, Easily the best move that I've made as an entrepreneur, uh, 325 employees and five years later, it's turned out all right. Yeah. yeah so, what about you? Same. So, I mean, I started in pharmacy. It's an interesting place to be, you know, ownership's not bad. It's a, um, it's a really interesting industry and we're seeing stuff, right? You're seeing Mark Cuban come into the industry. Now you're seeing some of that you saw Amazon come in and, and they're trying to play the game in the industry. It's a jacked up industry because of how many people kind of hold the market, if you will, like where you get paid and how you buy drugs and all this stuff. But the thing that popped up or, or our pivot, you know, which was, Hey, let's step out of the day-to-day -day internal stuff first and jump external well, same thing. We started with our own stores and said, 
God, man, we suck online. Like there's nothing. If you're an independent pharmacy owner, so let me mind you, there's about 20,000 independents across the United States. So collectively, there's a heck of a lot more independent pharmacies than there are any major chain in particular, a CVS or a Walgreens or any of these. So, but when you look at them collectively, it's exactly what you expect. Like this poor, pitiful me, small business story. They don't present well online. We didn't either. I mean, we sucked. I'm a young guy in ownership and I'm like, man, I can't, someone can't spend a dollar with me today. Like, what am I doing? Right. So then we got in and started trying to figure out, okay, putting pharmacy online is very difficult. There's a lot of regulatory stuff and all this other crap you got to go through. What do we do here? And we got in and started to solve the problem for ourselves. We realized it's going to be outrageous. Let's just build it for scale and then figure out what can we do if we go tap the whole industry. And so we started with e-com. I mean, we said, hey, let's, Independent pharmacies can get product incredibly fast. Let's just get it online and get them to be able to sell to their customers. Uh, and guess what? When you plug a phenomenal e-com experience onto a really crappy website, you get zero traction. So there's first pivot, right? Is who's out there actually creating something that makes real sense. Uh, and that's when we knew like we need to go into the full scale thing. We need to make whatever happens in an independent pharmacy retail location we need to make that sucker happen online, all of it. And so that changed the whole landscape of how we were developing, all the tools we need to bring in, all of it. So, Yeah, well, so, so many good businesses and offerings start with the creation of finding solutions for yourself. I mean, that yeah. happened at full scale. I mean, we had our own software teams. And then next thing you know, people are just like us. They're like, well, how do I get some? Yeah. And, you know, you hear this echo enough, you realize there's a problem we're solving. Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of, I, I personally think there's no shame in pivot. Oh, yeah. And I think some people, okay, so let me, let me draw a little word picture for you here. You're on a boat, that boat's heading towards a very, very rocky beach. You can sit there and ride the boat right into the fucking rocks, man. Like blast away. Or you can turn. That's a pivot. <laughs> and too many entrepreneurs that I've talked to over the years, long before this podcast even started, um, you know, I used to work in the music industry and call on hundreds of, of retail stores, which I saw 60% of go out of business over two years because a big change in e-commerce right. and they just weren't ready for it. Uh, there is definitely shame in riding the boat into the rocks right. when you see the rocks and have plenty of time to turn. So what would you do if you're driving that boat? Cause it's your business. And if you're sitting around waiting for things to go back to the way they used to be, you're going to hit the rocks. Of course. It's amazing. You say that. Cause I see it a lot. I mean, we deal with every pharmacy we work with is an independent owner, right? These are small business owners. These are business people in the industry and they're from all different walks of life, right? So the thing that's consistent though, the thing that we see is a lot of these guys, especially early on, went to pharmacy school. So they're pharmacist first and then fell into ownership. And then the problem there is when the business actually gets tough, like you're mentioning, and you see the rocks and you're paddling, you've paddled that way for 30 years, it made you great money for 30 years, but there's no question you're gonna hit those rocks it's amazing how many struggle to actually turn it or they're, oh, yeah. they're looking to jump off the boat and put someone else in it. 
before it hits those rocks, but not doing anything to correct course in the meantime. I mean, we see it's amazing constantly, constantly. The industry. I, 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 yeah, I agree. I, I mean, that's why I bring it up because I've just watched, I've talked to so many business owners over the last 10 to 15 years that, and you know, it's like, and some of them will even tell you, they'll be like, oh, I had plenty of time. Could have done it. I waited too long. And that happens a lot with early stage startups too, that, that refuse to pivot or wait too long to raise capital. Right. And, you know, so the real question I think you have to ask yourself, uh, if you're deciding whether to pivot or not is, well, how soon do I need to do it? Um, is this, is, you know, like what's different, what's going to change my current course towards the rocks if not. And if you don't have like a very definitive answer in that, I mean, remember that boat's still headed, still headed towards the shore. And so waiting too long to make a pivot. And I think that a lot of the reasons that people are, it it feels like failure for some people. Yeah, It's not. It's, it's evolution, it's adaptation and it's intelligence and seeing that there are other opportunities in certain spots that might not have existed the way you saw them before. So I I think, I think it's important as you bring that up because there's a lot of noise out there too, right? Sometimes you can't see you're so in the thick of it that you don't see another option other than paddle your ass off or try to paddle backwards and not hit those rocks, but you're not actually changing anything, right? You may even be speeding it up, but everyone's got an opinion too. That's something I think, you know, as, as business owners, we have to be careful with. You have a lot of people who haven't done shit in their life, but they got a ton of advice to give, right? I don't listen to them, AJ. (laughs) I don't, man. I piss people off when I say this too. And like, all right, trigger warning, because you you pulled it here. <laughs> I see a buck on the wall behind you, so I think that that man, yeah. That's not even if you saw up close, it's an artsy fartsy piece, man. Oh, I didn't I even get credit for shooting the thing. Yeah, yeah well, I didn't know. I, <laughs> you know, we don't. I don't know. If, I don't. We we stand neutral on that <laughs> here at Startup Hustle, but but. <laughs> No, but but the thing is, is like you talk about taking advice from the wrong people. And the reason I get in trouble is because I don't know, I'm kind of vocal about it. Like, I don't want to come to your panel discussion with a bunch of non-entrepreneurs giving me entrepreneur advice until you've sat in my seat. You don't know what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night and wonder if you're going broke, if you're going crazy or if every decision you've made is wrong. Right. And, and, and there's no textbook AI or anything that generates that. Right. That's that, that's that thing that comes in there. And, you know, a pivot is, is a healthy thing if done well. Uh, you can also do poor pivots. Maybe, exactly. maybe I'll give you a chance to reply and I'll ask chat GPT for examples of failed. Failed pivots. I imagine there's probably more failed pivots than there are success pivots if I were a guessing man. But Well, and with that though, I mean, there are certainly a lot of, Okay, so is a pivot failure not yet might be a better answer in yeah. some regards. Now, um, you know, so here's, let me see what we have here. Okay. I mean, Kodak. Yeah. Polaroid. Yeah. Examples of failure to pivot. Yeah. Like Polaroid, it might be a great, as a great example. Same with Blockbuster. 
That was yeah. crazy. Well, not, Blockbuster had an opportunity to actually buy Netflix yeah. and was like, ah, nah. Yeah. You know, and that's, I don't know. Um, and Blackberry yeah. was one. Blockbuster's on this list. Um, basically every bookstore yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, MySpace, you know, a lot of them, but these are, you know, things that, that, and I think Polaroid, that's a great example because Polaroid was dominant for a while at one point. Uh, and there's someone listening that's like, what's Polaroid? You know, it spits out the little picture with the white strip on the bottom and you shake it a little bit and it, it, it evolves into whatever you took a picture of, but yeah, a refusal to pivot there. And then I think at one point, I think Recently, I think Polaroid even tried, it was either Polaroid or Kodak tried to get into the blockchain space. Really? Yeah. And for like a week, they're, they're, something <laughs> ticked up and their stock price like shot up and it came crashing back down. But I, but I think that's a good segue because a pivot still needs to make sense for yeah. the business you're in. Like you're in the pharmacy business, you switching to software development might not be a very good fit. It's like me deciding to become a pharmacist. I am not trained <laughs> on any of that. Yeah. I can count. I can count. That's yeah. the part I think I'd be good at is counting to 30, 60, 90, maybe yeah. 120, and then it gets a little sketchy. As long as you can count by fives, you're in, man. I, is I that how you do it? it? I have to do a backup job. Yep. See, I don't even know. I don't even know the right way to do it. So, but yeah, so so with that, you know, now, I mean, there are definitely some pivots. Like, is Instagram still a location-based app? Certainly not. So the question right. is, is, is the frame of what you've built able to, if it's not able to support the structure that you've currently got, or it's not growing into a complete structure, is it even available to do that? Can it make sense? Well, when I think about this, and this is from personal experiences, sometimes it's little micro turns, but it's also, you know, going back to who you're listening to. If there's anyone you should be listening to, it's the customer you're serving. Oh, yeah. Um, and then sometimes like for us, right, we're B2B to C. So sometimes our B2B customer is actually in the way of what the B2B to C, the, uh, the ultimate consumer of that product wants from them. Right. And I'll hear this a lot. Well, I would never use something like this. Well, you're 75 and you probably shouldn't own your business anymore. So you're not the target demographic we're going after. Right. And I'll hear staff say it too. And I think it's important as you're listening for the pivot and the opportunity to pivot it to take yourself out of the what would I do role unless you are the target customer, right? So like me selling to other pharmacy owners, I'm the target customer. Baby. Yeah, I know fair. exactly what we need, why we need it, what the challenges are, how hard it is to run a pharmacy, what you, all of it. But from a consumer perspective, I'm not the 65 year old on Medicare and med you know, needing prescription drugs on seven different prescription drugs, managing it for their husband and themselves, et cetera. So for me to sit around here and think that I'm going to come up with the pivot or I'm going to come up with the idea, or I'm going to solve that problem inherently is a little ludicrous, right? It's like, so I would, I think a lot about like, who do you listen to and why are you listening to them? And what are you hearing echo over and over and over and over again? As you work towards, okay, how, which way am I turning this dial to ultimately solve the problem? 
Well, the Echo example is one that I use a lot, and it was actually taught to me by my book editor. So I've written three books, and the editor, so when editing a book, you try to remove echoey stuff. Like if you say, we, when it's one thing if you write a blog article that's 1,200 words. It's another thing if you're at like 120,000 words because there are verbal things that you just say again and again, and it sounds like an echo. But I realized that the same thing occurred as an entrepreneur. It was like that, like so many people kept asking us, how do I get some software developers? I can't find software developers. Can I get some people on your team? Enough people ask, you're like, hey, this maybe we should give this a shot. Now, that doesn't mean that we immediately transform and change the, the business. Now, we are at the part of the show where I should remind everyone that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We help people build full time dedicated software teams, right? Which makes a lot of sense for us and it makes a lot of sense for them. You also have to know what you're gonna do when you arrive at a pivot. So we already had people, we had a business, we had, so AJ, all of our employees are in the Philippines. So we're bridging this gap that people wanna find with getting high quality, finding high quality software developers that aren't local. Now, the, the thing is, is that's difficult. We actually have to get 42 applicants to hire one person. Yeah. So some of that, but we, but we had the expertise in hiring. We had the people there, we had everything. So we went into it in a gradual way, beta client one in one, it was one month, beta client two, the next month, beta client three, the fourth month we realized that we really were like, oh wow, this is the direction that we should be going. So, you know, a couple things is if you realize that your business strategy, your product, uh, your market approach isn't working as expected, or that you may not have the resources to get to where you need to be. Things change. I mean, here's the thing, like look back at the pandemic. I mean, I remember talking to VCs and private equity people that hated ed tech. And then, the, and then, and then all of a sudden an entire country of people are educating their kids online. And ed tech is way different. Now, generative AI is a great example right now. People weren't, the, the, there is more investment going into AI related startups right now than all of the other ones put together. Yeah. So some of that is also recognizing where you might have certain things in place. Now, we had originally started with gigabook.com, which is a booking platform. We had our team working on it. Now with that, we put our attention into full scale. And then we, while gigabook still is a very valid booking platform and, and drives revenue, we also found that the components driving it were, gave us a huge head start for building our platform. Right. So, you know, where do your, where do your pieces fit certain things, you know, and now one thing I'm going to call you out on is you mentioned earlier, you're like, I'm in way too much stuff. That's a, that's not always a good thing either. Cause right. sometimes you put some of it down and, and move along. And Agreed. what has your experience been with that? Have you had Agreed. literally no, no, it, something I learned I guess we could call this a pivot as well is how can I get my hands out of it? How can I empower the right people to do things so that something that may have taken me 20 hours a week, I can shove down to four or three or one hour or turn into a quarterly meeting. Uh, and that was huge for me because I like this. Like 
I need like this tinge of anxiety all the time to feel normal. When things get too calm, I'm like, all right, I need something to explode. I don't know what it is. Like I want everything to be calm always, but I don't function well. I'll go pick up the next thing. So it's good for me to have something that's, you know, got my attention or got me driving towards it. But my life changed when I figured out how to empower people that had talents and skills to allow me to give them an opportunity, but also buy some of my time back so I could go inject it elsewhere. And man, I could go back. If I went back six years ago to where I'm at today, I couldn't be accomplishing what I'm accomplishing if I didn't set those baselines up right. And I could tell you without a question of a doubt, if my hand was in all that shit right now and I didn't have it set up appropriately, I'd be a hot mess across the board. Like nothing would be working right because you can't dedicate enough energy to enough things and do it right. Um, so being able to pick and point where you need to go changes a lot of things for us. You know, like same with this company. Like I, I've, I've brought salespeople in. I, I'm the target demographic, target, target. Nobody can close in this industry like I close because I just know it so incredibly well. So like working through empowering those people to come in and take things away and how you line yourself up to, to be able to move into areas where you can help the trajectory big time in your businesses makes a huge difference. So I'm always watching for shiny object syndrome. Like I, I've got it bad, right? I have a 10 million ideas every single day. And I put people around me that are like, you need to calm down. Like, let's let's shut these down, shut this down, shut this down. Let's focus here. Or, hey, you got I've finally bad. managed at, at almost 50. I'm almost 50. God, that's so weird to say. <laughs> But, you know, at this point, I, and it's mainly because I sound and look so youthful and I can tell everyone. Do, that, I got know. more gray hair than you. Look at this. Yeah, well, maybe it might. Uh, uh, you have more hair than me. So <laughs> let's start there. I'll trade you. I'll, yeah, trade you. Yeah, I, I'll keep the gray. But there's a couple things here because, you know, you mentioned empowering people, which is, OK, look, all you can do is all you can do. And that's yeah. that's a simple thing. Um, as entrepreneurs, we sometimes insert ourselves into, into too much stuff. I, uh, the problem is, is then you force yourself to be a conduit. Then you got to go rewire everything later, which by the way, is way, way difficult. I have spent two years trying to unwind myself as the conduit and you got to really, um, you know, explain that. Now, speaking of explanation, it can be a challenge to explain to a team a pivot that is about to occur. Now, a lot of pivots that occur aren't noticeable. They aren't things that chat GPT is going to give you a record on. It's a simple pivot of, hey, we tried this thing and it's not working. So we need to pivot. We need to go to plan B, C or D or maybe all of them or whatever. And that's normal stuff. These are, these are, those are more of the lane change things, but one of the things that's tough is sometimes explaining to your staff the pivot. And as the CEO and founder, that can be a challenge because they're like, man, we all got going one way and now you want to go another way. Well, it's my job to make sure that boat doesn't hit those rocks. Right. So, you, you know, depending on who your team is and whatever. And the hard part with that is that often means that you have to throw away some people's hard work yep. or you have to change roles. And I will tell you right now, uh, the premise of my first book, Balance Me, A Realist Guide to a Successful Life, is that if you aren't willing to change, the world's going to change without you. Oh, for sure. It's the only thing I'll guarantee is change yeah. is constant. And 
people don't like change. It's difficult. It feels weird. And, you know, they're going to have a lot of questions. Am I still needed? Yes. If you're a valuable person, we'll find something for you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think the moment that you realize that you need to pivot is the moment you need to be conditioning the staff and the people that help you run your place to understand it. Explain it as it was to, hey, look, it's my job to, to change the trajectory when and where I'm, I, it needs to occur. And I'm seeing that what we're doing right now isn't going to get us to where we need to be. So we need to either switch to this. We got to find the, the course that works. Continuing to get closer to those rocks is more and more danger. This is a healthy thing. This is something we're moving forward to. I feel very confident in it. And guess what? If it doesn't work, we're going to make another change. Right. It's the way it goes. I think if you find people at your business saying, but that's always, that's the way we've always done it. It's like the enemy of innovation. You hear that phrase at the office, like, I almost want to like slap a mouth that's coming out with, and I wouldn't do that in real life, (laughs) but I'd consider it. Yeah, for sure. Hang it next to my deer over here. But uh, no, it's... uh, What's funny about that, the way I explain it is my job's to to handle the macro and I need a bunch of micro players who are all in fully immersed, right? So let's get back in the boat. You got one guy rowing on the left, the other gal rowing on the right, and you go macro and go, oh shit, we're about to hit rocks. You've rowed on the left for the last 10 days. You're going to row on the right with Jim or whoever it is. That way the boat takes the correct turn, right? And so I think in the society we live in today, for you to even think the words, we've never done that before, or changes, I don't even know how your brain can fire and wire that way anymore with how fast things are changing and how much we're seeing populate and and businesses that come and go in a flash. I mean, even our personal lives, even if you're not a business person, to just think about your habits 10 years ago to today and where your time's consumed and your attention and all this stuff, we've all pivoted. We've pivoted from picking the phone up off the wall and calling somebody to, man, you got to pull me apart to get me off a text to a phone call. Like it better be damn important that you got to call me and you can't reduce it to writing to get your point across, right? Or I can't consume mass amounts of material in short, short periods of time or go for a lightning bolt of explanation. I mean, everything. I don't even think you have to be in business to understand like how even our personal lives, everything's been a pivot to new, faster, sexier, whatever it is, technology that showed up and changed the way in which we live, communicate. I I think we're a big experiment now. The whole thing's an experiment. So to, I'd never done it that way or, you know, change is incredibly hard. It's like shit, everybody changed. You're pushing a phone screen with no buttons on it. How many of you were fighting tooth and nail for buttons to go away. Like, ooh, how are you going to dial a phone with no buttons? You know, like it's crazy that we even let ourselves get into that mindset anymore. But people still say it. I mean, I still hear it. Remember the home computer was just a fab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, do you know how much of everything I do every day I had no experience doing before I did it? All of it. Yeah. All of it, dude. I dropped out of five colleges. I should put that in there, right? I kept starting businesses, dude, and I'm going doing all this different stuff. But I look back at it and I'm like, man, I learned so much. That's back to that getting advice from entrepreneurs 
is, you know, you get out there and you start doing it. I learned from Google and YouTube. Yeah. You know, I just, I recently bought a farm, dude, and I, and I'm not growing crops or anything. I just wanted some place to recreate, go with my family in the evenings and weekends. And to give you an example, dude, I don't know shit about a tractor. Yeah, I, had to, I have learned that I've had to fix my tractor three different times. Dude, I'm not a diesel mechanic. I don't know any of that shit. You know what does? The, what does know it? The, the internet, internet and YouTube, dude. Yeah. I have yet to encounter a problem that is fairly straightforward. Now, if we're talking about like the complexity of blah, 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 and like this universal crazy thing, uh, you'll get opinions on it, maybe not answered. There is a very definitive course of action for changing a fuel filter on a Kubota tractor. The info is out there. I had never done it before, but guess what? If I ever do need to do it again, I can do it like in a split. But you can't be afraid to try new things. Now, let's talk for a second, though, about when you shouldn't pivot. Okay, because we talked about uh, some of it. And then, okay, well, first off, don't be uninformed with the pivot. Like, uh, I like to compare a lot of parts of entrepreneurship and life to basketball in regards to, well, first off, if you're shooting baskets in the dark, I wouldn't expect a whole lot of them to go in. Right. Right. So, you know, that's the main thing is a lot of people are out there shooting baskets in the dark with their business. They don't see if anything went in. They could be hitting 100%, probably not hitting at all. They don't even know if they're shooting towards a basket. So if you have a lack of thorough research and analysis about what you're getting into, you might just be getting yourself into a bigger pile of shit. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I love that too, because even in the beginning, you get so blinded and so <clears throat> your heart's in what you're doing. I mean, you're all in that sometimes you don't take the time to, to step back and say, okay, let me just do a quick competitor analysis. Like who yeah. else is in the market? What are they doing? How are they solving this problem? And how different am I from those people, right? Sometimes you just want to put the blinders on. You're like, I'm just going to go, 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 right? And I'll catch myself. And I'm like, hey, it's been a few months. I need to pull back, really evaluate where these companies who might have been competition or on the way to competition live. And what are they doing? What's their game plan? What path are they going down? Um, so, yeah, I mean, great advice there. The, once the lights are on, though, shots on goal make all the difference in the world, right? Techniques, yeah, all that stuff. Well, and with that, you know, I mean, you can don't don't make your pivot based on assumptions, you yep. know. And, and so, dude, I unfortunately have had too many conversations with people that, you know, well, okay, I, I like giving people advice or input about a business that they have or one that they want to start. I've made myself pretty available for that. But with that, I get all, I've had so many people come into these conversations, and they're like, I'm like, well, what kind of competition do you have? I'm like, well, I don't have any. Yeah. Okay. First off, if you tell me that, that tells me you either have done no research or you're doing something that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. Here in 2023, there's something out there for about all of it, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's a red flag. But, but, but so many times people have told me they don't have any competition. And in like, in like a minute, I can find tons of it. Yep. And so, you know, don't be blind about it. And as a business owner, it's easy to do that. Um, while I do believe in trusting your gut, it should have an informed feedback. Now, now another time to not pivot is if you're ignoring customer feedback. Your customers, clients, users, whatever you want, whatever you call them, you know, they're they're the ones that drive the business. And if they're asking for something, then you should listen, you know, and, you know, and, and, and with that though, you still don't want to necessarily lose sight 
of your core value proposition. Like that'd be like you going from a pharmacy to a hardware store. Yep. You yep. know, like, yeah. So. Well, and the, the key too, you know, as I think about this is there was a point where we were overselling the things that we were doing in a way that the pharmacy would get the delusion that not only are they going to get all the software and everything that we build for them plugged in, ready to go turnkey, but somehow this whole magical marketing company is going to show up and go do all of this stuff to drive customers now to their new offering for, you know, pennies. And we had to sit back and go, okay, we're not explicitly saying we're going to do those things, but over and over again, there's an assumption made. So we've had to refine even how we deliver the product to the customer to, to add the, let me make this incredibly clear. We are offering you this, not this. You got to go pay for this. Piece over we, we ran into that with Gigabook a lot. You talk about scheduling and people like, yeah, well, how do I fill, how do I get people to schedule in, yeah. the, in the barber chair yeah. or whatever? And that's a completely different thing. That's something I can't deliver for $15 a month for service <laughs> provider there. Um, and that, that's a big thing. And I think that that's a, a good point when it comes to pivot. Like, are you, are you capable of succeeding on the other side of it? Yeah. And stay within that. Now, I really, you know, as we, uh, the time races through on these episodes. So, you know, it's one of the things you said that you talk about being able to emulate and understand the mind of the target user. I think that's when that's a good pivot. And that's what made full scale just go ape when it, I mean, we got big quick. And, um, you know, with that, it's because we understood ourselves like other founders entrepreneurs like we've always built the company as being founder friendly and and here's the thing is this is what a lot of stuff isn't going to tell you is people like buying stuff from people that they feel are like them like you say no one can close like me well it's because you you get it you could speak if i was an independent pharmacy owner you're going to be like hey dude like there's these three things that everyone else is focused on but then there's these three that really And, and, and with that, is that peace of mind? Cause sometimes peace of mind can be the ultimate multiple right. or multiplier. Cause what's that worth in your life? So some of that is, it's, uh, I think a lot of the problems that people are trying to solve are kind of, they're kind of like, eh, but if you can figure out how to give someone peace of mind, peace of mind, that's yeah, it. Mind. You like, have to, yeah. I, I think, when I say nobody can close like me, it's one understanding that target incredibly well, but it's also believing like knowing what you do for that target, you would eat all day long. If you served it up on your plate, you would eat it. And you're going to feel that in the conversation. I use a terrible analogy with people. And I, I tell them like, if I believed an elephant turd was great for you to eat and you were going to live longer and you were going to be healthier by the end of our conversation, I'm going to convince you to eat elephant turds with me, like because I believe it so firmly and I'll have so many facts behind it and I will understand where you're at because of where I was at. And I would have done all the research. We'll be eating elephant turds together. And that's a terrible analogy, but it's the thing you're like, I would never do that. But you're like, but if you're funny. but if you're me and you're yeah. at, or you're doing something similar to me, you know, look, the Pareto principle known as the 80-20 rule. Yeah. 
you know, like applies to entrepreneurs, like the 20% that's out, 80% of what entrepreneurs and business owners and founders do is the same. The 20% are those, or is that you're, you do pharmacies, I do software teams or whatever. And, but the thing is, is understanding those core problems. Like I said, if you're sitting there, if I'm looking at you, I'm going, God, this guy's pretty freaking successful and he eats elephant turds all day i'm like where do i get elephant turds exactly okay i think that that's that's what that should be around and you know you talk about that pivot and and getting that in like it, you know you talk about twenty thousand independent pharmacies that is the example of fragmented you know, and like, and with that, like, so, in, so insurance companies are similar. There's like all these independent insurance agencies, like everywhere. We had a, we had a, um, a, out of, I don't know what brought, brought them to mind out of other people that have done this, but there's like a company called the glove box app which was a, uh, a white label app that any insurance company could plug into and offer use to their huh, independent things. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. And here's the thing. You, you'd be thinking at this point in 2023, someone would have done that. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. Is it the same thing with the pharmacy stuff? Yeah, same thing. Because everyone's focused in a lane that's <clears throat> doesn't empower the independent. It's very self-serving, right? We're going to go out here and create this big mail order pharmacy. Well, even Amazon, it's kind of like, hey, hello, how many big players have created mail order pharmacies? Why don't they dominate the whole space? You think you're going to change? The consumer's telling you, I don't want my shit to come in a FedEx box. I want to go somewhere local to get it from somebody with a pulse that I can ask questions, right? And so, it, and then you watch it fail. So it's amazing. Even the major companies as they're playing around with where to go. So for us, it's like, hey, this is I know the service level you're going to get if I send you to a local independent. So how can I pair that with phenomenal technology so that that experience is cohesive? And then no matter where you are, you can utilize our technology to find the next one. And so, you know, same thing. It's the exact same thing. And I love it, though. The harder it is, the more, you know, the, the more complicated getting all the pieces to come together is that it just gets quieter and quieter. Less that's, and gonna, less that's, where, that's where it starts paying well. Yeah. Yeah, less no, and less I, people come in. I know not everyone loves Elon. I'm an Elon fan. But I'm an Elon he's, fan. He's made talk me a to, lot of money. You talk to these guys and, you know, they say, well, is it fair that you are a gazillionaire? <laughs> I find that that usually comes along with the value or complexity or difficulty of the problem that you're wanting to solve. Yeah. Like, so I mentioned having a farm. Dude, I hooked up Starlink. Yep. It's a better option. Thank yeah. you. You yeah. know, and like some of that is like you talk about going to Mars, like, OK, that's a big one. <laughs> I mean, you t- look, yeah. NASA quit launching rockets yep. because because SpaceX did it better. And then now the charging stations GM hooked up with oh, yeah. Ford yeah. hooked up with like he just shot the standard. Yeah, man, I'm a I'm a fan of what he's doing. If there was someone I wanted to have all that money to do crazy shit, he's yeah, the yeah. guy. Yeah, I'll put that up there. From the dude that doesn't own a gazillion square foot. And he actually doesn't own anything. Anything. There's no mega own a house. Yeah, there's nothing. Just a bunch of kids with crazy names. I mean, that's about all he's got. And with that, if you want to launch your dreams, we FullScale can help you hire software engineers, testers, and leaders. Go to FullScale.io. Type in two minutes worth of questions and we'll match you up with some people that they can hopefully help you solve your problems. With that, 
out of the way. It's time for the Founders Freestyle. Man, we raced through a bunch of different stuff. I know we didn't probably talk enough about uh, about your business. Yeah, no uh, if you go, there, there's a link in the show notes, Drugstore 2 Door. That's, that's uh, the number two. Yeah. You're violating one of the rules in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, with what the is- number two in there. Yeah, because you, yeah. you, 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 yeah. you have to explain it. You grab every version of two URL on the planet, and then you're good to go, right? Yeah. So they can plug anything in. It's funny because I did that when I launched Gigabook. Um, <laughs> I bought gigabook.com, and it was like pretty cheap. And then I, everyone kept going, I'm going to gigabooks.com, and it's not yours. And then I had to go buy that for five times more yeah. than I for giga book yeah uh, yeah i wrote about that million dollar bedroom too so don't feel <laughs> on you there uh, what stands out from today's chat or anything you might have left out anybody you want to thank any anything else on the way no, out? it's perfect i i love the topic um the, the conversation's perfect there's good pivots there's bad pivots i think what echoed with me is get informed you know before the pivot during the pivot after the pivot Get informed any way, shape, or form. Get informed, stay informed. Um, like you mentioned, as far as finding my stuff, drugstoretodoor.com, we're putting independent pharmacies together through technology so that consumers can find and get prescription goods anywhere across the country utilizing local independent pharmacies, um, which is a game changer. So if you thought pharmacy was a Walgreens or a CVS, you've been shortchanging yourself big time. Um, come give us a visit. We're doing a bunch of stuff in the cash uh, realm as well. So cash membership programs, things like that, that are coming. So for people without insurance, underinsured, et cetera, um, very cheap, generic prescription drug options to help them, uh, manage their budgets. Yeah. And I like the solution you know, for a couple things here. Um, you know, a lot of times startups and businesses get started with these internal tools and then you realize that the tool might be actually more worth more than the business you're running. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. It might not be today, but the big picture of it. And then a lot of times, so the problem that you look at 20 independent, 20,000 independent operators, collectively, they've got a lot of horsepower to put wow. stuff together individually, not so much. And, um, you know, if you have a problem as a business owner, it's like, and it, it's likely that other people just like you have that same problem. If you're finding innovative solutions, those people are your first clients possibly your investors. Have you had any investment come from other independent pharmacies? Yeah, I had a handful. They, of my, I raised a little over a million bucks when I got started. Um, I'd say they covered a quarter of it independent. And, and that's Cause they're like, Hey, I get it. I believe it. And you don't have to sell that yep. same way a lot of times. So, you know, look around and then, you know, just ask. And, and the thing is, is like, as I mentioned with full scale, which is an Inc 5,000 company at this point, Um, you know, like we started it doing something else. Like if you see a better opportunity or a more straightforward path to getting to where you need to be, do it. Um, you know, but, but what you don't want to do is remember though, if you do shift and you do, you do pivot, uh, you need to be committed to doing whatever it is you said you do. So if you don't think you're going to be happy doing it in six months, a year, five years, 10 years, then don't. Because you're going to have to stick with that too. Otherwise, you're probably just going to kind of be stuck uh, wondering where you pivot to next. So you better be willing to eat it, breathe it. I mean, it's all consuming. 
that's my first advice when I tell people that are like, hey, I'm I have a business idea. Okay, are you ready to like do this all day, every yeah. day? If you're not passionate about it, you're going to quit. Yeah. If you're not committed to it, you're going to quit. If you're nervous about everything, you're probably just going to die. Yep. <laughs> Literally die. Yeah. I, you know, I don't yeah. want to do that either. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to check up with you down the road and see if you pivoted. Hopefully, drugstore to door will, uh, will, will not require that. But remember, folks, there's always a little pivot no matter where you look. Uh, don't be afraid to explore it. At least talk about it you know, try yeah. to figure it out. I'll see you down the road, AJ. Hey, it's good chatting with you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.